Feel free to cut out any of that, but I loved it. I loved getting it out. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> no, I, no, no personal stuff. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> no, yeah. We're uh, just we talking just, about Star Wars. I no actually life. edit out the life when we say and life every time I do the podcast. Oh, got you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, welcome back to Star Wars Therapy, where we talk about Star Wars. I'm Alex. <laughs> and now it's time to go to therapy. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Obi-Wan. Pokey religions and ancient weapons are no match for a good blaster at your side, kid. Welcome back to Star Wars Therapy, where we talk about Star Wars and, and life. life. I'm Alex. I'm Caleb. I'm Steven. There it is. Hello. You Hello. remembered. Good job, Steven. Uh, I'm proud of me. I finally did it. Here, I'll get you a cookie. Oh, thank God he let me out one one day a week for, to, for Star Wars Therapy and Star Wars Therapy prep. Yeah, I was about to say... It would be one day a month. No, every every <laughs> week Alex lets me out of my cage and he starts to just talk at me about Star Wars. Would you say that in those moments you are coming out of your cage and you are doing just fine? Dude, he's got to get down because he wants it all. Well, it's fitting because your relationship started out with a kiss and it was only a kiss. It was only a kiss. How did it end up like this? Dude, now I'm falling asleep and he's calling a cab. He's escaping. Get him. <laughs> Put him back in the cage. All right, let me get the tranquilizer gun. This is my second podcast I've done within two years where we have just made very extensive references to the killers. The other one <laughs> What was, is the other one? Uh, is on the Snub Club. We were, we were watching a movie called The Killers. Oh, So nice. my co-host Sarah just kept finding ways to slip killers lyrics into our discussion, <laughs> which we we uh, we did get to see them, and they were good. But dang, were, Alex, uh, they were they were fun. But then in that middle part, they decided to get real Mormon, yeah, real the Mormon. Look, real the middle quick. part sucked, but it was for, for the most part, it was pretty good. Getting to hear a an entire venue of people sing Mr. Brightside, yeah, I, it kind see, of aren't you glad we stayed? Yeah, it felt like yeah. it felt like therapy. No, 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 I was okay with staying, but I said to you, if you want to leave yeah that's i i will leave that's okay i'm giving you the option i don't care that's fair that's fair that although shows... there was a part of me that wanted to leave i know i yeah. know <laughs> <laughs> trust me i did I'm glad too we stuck but it I, out but... i knew i did too but i knew mr brightside was yeah coming. i knew there was gold at the end of the rainbow also you paid money like a lot of money for those tickets that was my thing at i went yeah. to see jack johnson at hey i lost my crap at that song because i'm like oh wait i know this one this is the one i know i didn't know i knew it until now but like there's so many people who are just packing up and leaving an hour into his set and i'm like i know how much you paid for these tickets because you're sitting beside me i would not leave this early yeah it it was just the it felt like seven songs. Of no, it was. It I was looked like, at the set list. It okay. was like six or seven songs in a row that were just like of just really slow, weird stuff. That it was, was a just real not Mastodon fun. moment. It was a real Mastodon moment. Man, it's a shame moment. too because like straight up, that was one of the best concerts I ever went to the first time I saw them fantastic but Mas then this Wait, one Mastodon? yeah oh, okay yeah they're one of my favorite bands I, I i like them a lot yeah no i just wanted to clarify if it was mastodon or yeah no it was, it was mastodon yeah. it was just like the first time i ever saw them it was fantastic and then immediately afterwards at this time i was just like wow thanks for taking all of the xanax before you came out <laughs> on on stage really appreciate it guys since we're talking about concerts earlier in this year of star wars therapy i mentioned seeing similar who is a queer Christian yeah, artist. Yeah, how was that? Well, first time it was great. Loved it. She opened up for Reliant K and it was, you know, real simple, just her and her guitar. It was right before their next EP came out, which has my favorite song from them, a lot of their best music. So they came back to Nashville and played a show at the basement. Mm. It's such a fun venue too. Yeah, but definitely. It's very intimate. They weren't opening, so they had a longer set. She had a backing band, which meant that she could do like the pop punk versions of her songs and that's dope. the new songs from that EP. It was so great. I loved it so much. I cried three times and then continually bawling on the way driving home, yelling to myself about what I loved about the songs, because Aww. of course there was no one else in the car to talk to. It was such a great experience. Highlight of my concert going this year. And I've yeah, seen a lot of good concerts. Can I just say anything that gives you that level of adrenaline that is just pure passion that you're working off of, just like, I love this thing so much. Let me tell you about it to no one. Yeah. In particular, mm -hmm. I completely get that because that's like a very precious thing. It's very easy to like not feel that anymore yeah, about yeah. a lot of things. I, I hope I found someday. That 
I hope Sunday, someday, we can make someone yell in their car about us. I love the way they brought up the abolith. I did want to mention this. You said that, and we did actually have someone reach out. I think I mentioned that on one of our other podcasts. <laughs> um yeah, but no, uh, someone reached out to me on Instagram, which you guys can always do at Caleb from the Real World. I can't promise I'll respond in a timely fashion, but I will eventually respond. If not, respond. send it to Stephen Weeben. But this guy, who's also named Caleb, reached out. I won't read his whole thing here, but he did say that, uh, you know, it was one of these times when he's been going through a lot of hard times and he really appreciates that we made him laugh and that Aww. we will always have a place in his heart and so oh thank you caleb for reaching out that's very surreal to get a message like uh, that that's awesome other caleb yeah. you have made my day my week my month my year dude thank you. mine too that's this show is is like that for us a lot of the time uh yeah, just like being able to us. yeah, yeah. About <laughs> being able to laugh and hang out and do whatever and just talk yeah. And so that that means the absolute world. Thank you, Caleb. Thank you, Caleb. Thank you, not other me. Caleb, who is not host <laughs> Caleb. Yeah, other Caleb, not you. So guys, what are we talking about this episode? We're talking about religion and Star Wars. A much teased topic. Mm-hmm. We've definitely talked it up a few times, I think, ever since uh, the very, very inception of this conversation, I feel, was Alex bringing up Cardue Sai Malix, who I've perfected the pronunciation of. But once you brought him up, brought up the Watch fact just that look at his name and that just not be it at all <laughs> <laughs> if it isn't who's Listen, gonna correct I, I actually us? tried <laughs> no no no. I, I believe you go ahead <laughs> <laughs> so you brought that up and that brought up the conversation of hell and han solo mentioning hell and then what does that mm. mean and then we talked about it more extensively in the last episode and it's it's a very interesting topic i think especially in sci-fi where it's so much about science but star wars is one of the few ones that's about faith yeah and i really like talking about religion not a surprise that it would eventually come here um definitely <laughs> and especially if we're talking about like this intersection between our personal lives and the fandom that we have like i think it is interesting to talk about how those two things inform each other but first we do need to dive into religion star wars what is it where can you get some <laughs> Would you like an injection or (laughs) pill form? Have you heard about our Lord and Savior, the Force? Darth Plagueis, we have established, is an evangelical. Is that it? That's it, uh, w- canonically, that? Disney has made Pl- Darth Plagueis an evangelical. Okay, there are the different layers of canon. I'm introducing a new canon called Bit Canon. It's all the bits we have. <laughs> oh, no. So, as in, in the same way that uh, Darth Plagueis is an evangelical, Dexter Jetster is a right-wing conspiracy theorist. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah that's which is probably Absolutely. just accurate, accurate, but also, like, in our lore. Does... Dexter Jetster on the back of his speeder have one of those stickers that says stand for the flag, kneel for the cross. <laughs> you know what? I would say probably like, yeah. Stand. Actually, it probably just still says that in space. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone's just like, okay. Like, that would be like, such I don't know a... what he's referring to. It's just really off-putting. That would like, be such a fun Easter egg if you saw that in Star Wars and it was just in Arbesh. <laughs> <laughs> There's a cross, but it has two of the horizontal lines uh, because, you know, Dexter Jetster Jesus has four arms. Oh, he has to be crucified twice. Yeah, I was going to say it just has an extra line underneath the T. He opens his arms to go, Obi-Wan, what are you doing? What are you Why am I against these crosses? I have to hang you, Dexter. Truly, this Jetster was the son of God. Where is Camino, Dexter? <laughs> I won't ask again. Stabs lightsaber in the side. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm picture- now I'm picturing Attack of the Clones, you and McGregor, still with the mullet and everything, but in like Roman centurion armor I- with a lightsaber. Okay, <laughs> better yet, we should. Someone needs to do this, if not us. Please recut that part where he goes, How big there? pocketbooks are and then immediate cut to like a desert like indiana jones desert and it's like dexter dexter crucified like that and being dexter you need to tell me where camino is (laughs) and that's canonical religion in star wars yeah it is (laughs) but no you guys actually you did some research i didn't i started a new job this week so i didn't feel like it that's so That's to be fair. fair, I didn't get a chance to do much research, but I've I've narrowed down some things I thought were interesting we could talk about. Oh yeah, I literally just like watched YouTube videos for like thirty minutes today just to see if I could learn something. That's uh, the extent me of mine. too. We <laughs> might we might uh, we might cross over at some yeah, point. Yeah, we might. Yeah. So let's say talking about like Jedi's in the Force 
to the end, but did you guys discover anything apart from that? Because obviously, do you think religion is Star Wars? The Jedi's, right? Like, Yeah. Well, the first thing that I'd like to bring up is, Alex, I have an answer to Han Solo's use of hell in Empire Strikes Back. Oh, I do too, but I'm curious to hear what yours is. So... Basically, it's it's actually a very boring answer. Oh, um, and I'm I'm sorry to say that because that that one question is like, what does it mean? Well, like I have Star a Wars very universe. serious answer about it, but you go first. Okay, wow. Yeah. So the explanation that I found is that Corellia, where Han is from, mm-hmm. in Corellian mythology, there are nine hells. As far as I understand, it's thought of in the same way, but it's just probably like a general turn of phrase, just just in a different context than the christian version of hell so steven i'm really glad that you brought up that reasoning because that's like the in-universe reasoning i have like a much more realistic version (laughs) of uh, why that happened you see on uh april 4th 1978 when they were filming that scene, a uh, real date you don't need to look it up uh (laughs) (laughs) i think i know where you're while they were filming that scene the Christian Crusaders of the Knights Templar actually broke into Lucasfilm and forced them to add uh, Christianity into the movie. They were like, there's way too much Buddhism. We need to start another crusade to get into the biggest franchise of all time. They built- and so, tiny It's li- like fanboys, but Assassin's Creed. Yeah, well, I mean, it was, it, but it's real. They built a cathedral on Skywalker Ranch. <laughs> Templar Knights broke into Lucasfilm to do this. <laughs> Do you want I would know? have had a picture, but I didn't want to Photoshop it. I mean, find it. Do you want to know where the original <laughs> R2 uh, prop went? They took it. They looted That's Lucasfilms. <laughs> they took it back to Rome. <laughs> to use it as a trash can once more. That's why George Lucas and Steven Spielberg made The Last Crusade. They were like, we have to put a stop to this. <laughs> that was actually a retaliana- uh, ret- retaliation. 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 <laughs> It took like twenty years. Retaliation to do, effort. <laughs> yeah. I I hate I hate that, but I love it. <laughs> Holy warriors, take the tauntons. That's why they couldn't do the uh the, <laughs> the, the wait, what is what is it called the wampa? Yeah, that's why they couldn't. Well, do that's the, when that's I, why they couldn't I told do the wampa Caleb attack. this like before you got here, and oh. he was like, "Oh, that's the perfect place to put it in. Just have the wampa attack yeah. but, on the deleted scene, but, but have it be the Crusader helmet." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Going off of the secondary explanation the mm-hmm. the lore one not the real world one no yeah. no that's fair yeah. not, not the, the actual I just wanted to provide historical, historical event account. that happened yeah. there's on, not much uh, we can you add said to august 4th april 4th april 4th april 4th 1970 did you even go to school did you guys ever go to sunday school <laughs> I'm yeah, sorry, so, I'm being yeah, very... Yeah, after the chapter on the Gettysburg Address, it's the Knights Templar attack on the Lucasfilm Studios. That's the problem with it. <laughs> what else is there in history? With the American education system is a whitewash over the all the other crusades. <laughs> Going back to the lore explanation, that like implies that at a certain point, each planet would have had their own mythology and like religion and spiritual practice. And mm-hmm. one of the problems I have with a lot of sci-fi is that like planets become very monolithic. So in reality, there'd probably be multiple mythologies and stuff per planet. Right, right. But it seems like there isn't a lot of that stuff once we get to the point of the story. And I kind of wonder if that's as the Republic expanded in the High Republic period, mm-hmm. not through like any malicious means, but like just slowly all of those kind of mythologies kind of just like start melding and flattening out. I think that uh, that's mostly true because like given how uh, a lot of the galaxy like shares the same kind of like technology in regards to like weapons, transport, stuff like that. It's just like a galactic scale of what we kind of see in the real world. Whereas like cultures get mixed in, things start to like look different and have people have like different beliefs and stuff. Like yeah, that. yeah. So yeah, I think that's absolutely true. Kind of going off of that, like it, it is kind of similar to turn of phrase that like people use. I think hell is used in a non-religious context all the time, but it has religious roots. So you kind of think of like, okay, that comes from the Christian version of hell. People who are associated with Christianity hear it. Those people meet other people. They hear a word. They apply it in their mythology. It, it kind of like, I don't know, it's very fluid in that way. And I like, though, it's just like, oh, it's just 
a mythology that's on Corellia. I, I couldn't really find much else about it unless yeah, I was yeah. digging mm-hmm. through pages of Wikipedia articles. There are common themes throughout all religions. Yeah. So it's like easy to like, you pick this part right here and we're going to do it. And like, okay, cool. So we're going to take this Corellian mythology and just kind of blend it in. Mm-hmm. But then you do get like very distinct cultures like the Mandalorians. And they seem like they should have a very developed religion that's separate from the rest of the galaxy. I didn't get to research much about the Mandalorian kind of religion. Alex, do you know anything? I think in many ways it's actually a, a very real similarity uh, to like Christianity or any of the other big religions in the world where hmm. it's one of those things that's like it's so widespread. There's a, there's like so many different like sects of it. Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, like when you watch The Mandalorian and you see the ones that are like they never take off their helmets, they're much more like traditional and all this stuff. And then, you know, you go and you watch Clone Wars and Rebels and they're much more relaxed about things. You know, they just kind of have like different rules kind of based on, you know, whatever their denomination of sorts would be. But instead of a denomination, it's like their tribal thing but yeah Yeah, i they even kind of go into that a little bit in in season two when uh bo katan shows up you know she kind of says to him like oh yeah you're part of that freak cult yeah and it's like whoa yeah and that's the thing they hate they hate each other too it's like like the baptists and the protestants (laughs) baptists are protestants what baptists are protestants (laughs) what protestants and catholics welcome to star wars therapy where steven doesn't know it. Now, but Baptists you could say it's like Baptists and Pro- yeah, who are also Protestants, but they hate each other. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's what I was thinking of. You're telling me your baby wasn't splashed with water? <laughs> okay. Um, Enjoy hell. It's full immersion, or it doesn't count. <laughs> it's full immersion. <laughs> you must know what it is like to be close to death to know what life brings him. I mean, yeah, that's that's kind of what baptism is. It is. Oh. Yeah, baptism oh, is. Oh, it's metaphorical dying, yeah. Yeah. And then, like, some people just splash water. Cool. You're good. Let's do a little flick of the wrist. Yeah. So I think a lot, a lot of like the speculation comes from most corporations, but especially I think Disney is a very a religious organization. They very they put very little of that into their films and stuff. Wasn't always like that. Like in Snow White, you have Snow White just straight up praying to God at one point. <laughs> oh um, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, Pinocchio is very grounded in like a very uh, traditional religious morality. Definitely. But like it's one of those things where. They're not going to explore that much Mm -hmm. in the shows, except in aesthetics. I feel like they draw religious aesthetics a lot of the time to make you have like quick hand associations. Yeah, it Mm. seems like even when they try to explore the force, it's it's more in like that. What's a new cool power or or flashy visual thing? I mean, even in like Rebels, which I don't know if you've gotten to this point in it or not, but like the world between worlds. Yeah, yeah. um, Like that kind of stuff is like very weird and in a way spiritual, but it's not defined in any particular way i did find one thing about what is now canon in terms of something religious in the star wars universe um and that is the empire's stance on religion oh yeah i looked at this too oh okay awesome are you going to talk about the canon or the non-canon i'm going to talk about both oh okay yeah Yeah. in canon essentially from what i understand alex feel free to correct me but like they just banned all religious practice and just said Mm -hmm. like "Eh," like you can't practice publicly or privately but it's like i I don't really like that because to me that's like well of course they're evil though and i feel like in a way that's almost disney being like look the evil people who don't want religion anyway like just very subtly being like (laughs) but i also apparently uh, essentially in both legend and canon they both do the same thing where they have like anti-jedi propaganda essentially i think there was a project called new or the new order project or something something along those lines that they would enact to just have an entire like anti-jedi rhetoric yeah and then in legends essentially what it was is that there wasn't a ban per se but it was anti-jediism yeah mm-hmm. it's like as long as you're not for jedi which yes they made them out to be like demons who essentially like enslaved people as long as you're not that you can do whatever you want even religions that dealt with the force were fine and the only other thing i could kind of find is that they did after palpatine died there was like a cult yeah that I was kind about of for- to, okay cool. i was hoping you, you wanna, saw this yeah too. you want to take so, the, take the take the reins on this one yeah sure unfortunately like i don't know too much about it and i honestly like couldn't find a whole lot of details but on i want to know but more yeah, i know like i literally lo- searched it on google and i or on youtube and i could find like one video 
And I was and like it was the worst video, so I didn't listen to it. It was horribly made. But uh <laughs> shout out to I'm just kidding. Shout out to Philip DeFranco, <laughs> Star Wars project. Shout out to PewDiePie, Star Wars video. Uh anyway, so after the Emperor died, the Empire was worried about Imperials defecting back to the Rebel Alliance, so they decided to persuade them with a newfound, somewhat culty uh, religion that they came up with called uh, the Church of the Dark Side, which I find really funny because it's basically just Star Wars' version of the Church of Satan. Pretty but, much. <laughs> and it's basically just... Uh, Only through which you can protect your rights. When it comes to those two views, like which, which do you guys prefer like in terms of like the canon explanation how they were versus like thematically how legends was so i, I prefer legends wait how do you mean way? wait like how the empire was in yeah. regards to religion yeah uh i don't think there's too much of an issue either way i think it makes more sense in legends yeah because it's like take away everything yeah like, and in legends when you're only outlawing like jediism i feel like the rest of the galaxy like would feel more preserved and people wouldn't hate the empire as much whereas i feel like it's kind of antithetical to ban all religion because you're just oppressing people in order for a true dictatorship to work you have to make people feel comfortable enough yeah and i think like, like you can... my rights aren't being violated right now well yeah and, and i feel like you can do that in the way that they that yeah, legend showed much more realistic and there's historical precedent there like when the romans would conquer an area they would just like envelop those gods into their pantheon yeah whether that was intentional or just you know, a byproduct of having a polytheistic religion that allowed a certain amount of cultural exchange that made it easier for areas, not all areas, like, you know, the Jews had their revolt and everything, but made sense for a lot of areas to like very easily connect into the Roman Empire and kind of click in or like even the Jews, because the problem with that was that the Jewish religion didn't slot as easily into right into you don't have religion. just a strict god of something you know we can't we can't it, it, it's like acquiring characters for comic book things it's like well now that we have the charleston characters we can't just waste them in watchmen yeah, make yeah. new ones like um <laughs> i think that makes sense for them not to be super against it so that's where i would lean i do like the idea though that they are very anti-jedi because you have that line that han has and i forget exactly what it is but it's very clear that he doesn't think that the jedi existed at all and so like oh yeah so almost that's... like almost turning them into such a pariah that they are like a uh, unthinkable evil kind of thing where it's like no those don't exist they're just like either very old legends or things that your mother tells you at night so you go to bed on time something like that the boogeymen with the glow sticks yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I do have a response to that everyone knew jedi were a thing but they didn't know if they were for real like they, yeah, some people believe that like the force was real and that like they could manipulate it. Other people were like, eh, it's just parlor tricks. And so I feel like from those two understandings of Jedi, either you believe that they were completely legit or they weren't, you kind of get the two perspectives that you get in the original Star Wars with Luke growing up to think of them as like a myth. Mm -hmm. You know, something even even Ray in the in the sequel trilogy, like Luke Skywalker, I thought he was just a myth. They're they're superheroes in their mind. But then yeah. you get Han who grew up, you know, not really a farm boy and is much more city down and dirty kind of thing. And he goes like, Yeah, whatever. I don't believe in anything. All I believe is that there's a blaster by my side and that I need to go. I, but <laughs> I do think I do think it's interesting if the Empire like socially engineered that to like accelerate it a little bit. I also just think like you should always make the Emperor empire more evil and you can do that by having them like do very long-reaching things like ban all religion or you can do more interesting storytelling things like socially engineering society to not believe in something right mm. i do agree with that that's interesting Dude. but i also feel like that's just kind of naturally kind of how that would develop yeah yeah so mm. i imagine they would just be like well if we just talk bad about them there's going to be some people who believe them but there's other people who won't so like, yeah whatever project gaslight the galaxy uh oh. was probably Hashtag. their most insane initiative. Don't add us. Hashtag gaslight the galaxy. I mean, informed consent is a thing in the real world. Like people can't revolt if they don't have certain amounts of information or like certain are aware of certain like structures. I think that's definitely something that could be applied. But in bit canon, the thing is that the Empire are strict Calvinists, and they just make everyone read John Piper. Um, <laughs> Behold, the first use of the word Calvinist on a podcast. On a podcast? Uh, no, on this podcast, maybe. <laughs>
Put up the Calvinist count. <laughs> See, the thing about Tulip is... I'm so excited for BitCannon to become a thing <laughs> here on out. Welcome back to BitCannon. <laughs> oh, and the beautiful thing about BitCannon is it can contradict itself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it could just be whatever you want. Whatever the bit requires. So, basically what I found, what I find interesting about Star Wars like faith in Star Wars, I should say, religion in Star Wars, that obviously there are different religions practice. But for my money, at least, it's one of the few mythologies that actually has one that is true, like the one that's quote-unquote real. Yeah, Um, yeah, there's a right answer. There's a right answer, which I will say that's one of the reasons why I have my own personal religious beliefs. I'm agnostic. I don't necessarily believe in anything in particular but i also don't reject anything i'll say if whatever it is knows what it is and i treat it like that yeah where if i pray i'm outreaching to something i don't care what it knows what it is so the point being i do relate to this in a few ways it being like oh wow there is one correct answer which there probably is so there is an idea of hell in star wars and an idea of heaven the idea of hell that i found i don't know if this is necessarily disputed in in canon or anything a lot of the explanations i found are either legend or canon or somewhere in between for my money at least there's nothing directly not confirming these things. Yeah, yeah. So I choose to just be like, ah, eh, that's the super expanded lore, whatever. There is a, a realm which is exclusively for dark side users because dark side users, if they do go to a, another plane of existence, it is essentially hell. It's called chaos. And this is essentially, imagine infinite blackness with nothing but it also is tied to the planet that you're on. So imagine that Earth was nighttime with no stars in the sky and you still were able to kind of navigate your way around. I was about to make a and d reference, which y'all wouldn't get. I'll make a Stranger Things reference, which you might get. Like, oh, okay. I'll get it. So it's like the Upside Down. Yes, yeah. it's very much like <laughs> the Upside Down. So between canon and not canon and everything, uh, I know some Sith could attach themselves to inanimate objects. You get at least some loose belief of that in canon. Like, I mean, Kylo Ren having Darth Vader's helmet, yeah. Sith artifacts, I feel like they're like, oh, it contains some energy around it. So I, I could see that being a thing. So basically how Jedi can become Force ghosts, Sith can't do that, but as far as I understand, they can still manipulate the Force. Yeah. Um, and it just takes a lot of concentration, but they could, like, possess someone. I think at one point in the comics, it's like, I'm going to possess one of Luke's students, and it's like, okay. Like, I remember that. This is kind of Voldemort-ish. Yeah. Like, <laughs> eh. One really weird thing is that they have this myth about this version of of hell as it was called something called the dark underlord which apparently is a sith lord that was born of this dimension and can like go past it at certain points and actually cause his reign of terror on the jedi himself so it's like the sith version of the grim reaper yeah almost. Hmm. a and weird so, like, chthonic god that yeah. like yeah just pops up every now and then yeah <laughs> yeah that'd be some epic jedi temple dlc oh dude hell yeah <laughs> i don't know for what game but that'd be dope that'd be cool actually <laughs> oh yeah because like from what i've seen it's just all the designs of this thing are very like i have a skull head and like you know a dark kind of ectoplasmy like bleh, kind i of. am skeletal kind of yeah. here to terrorize <laughs> the jedi with the red lightsaber. <laughs> but uh the other things that i found is i found about heaven being as they always kind of talk about being one with the force there's not an exact definition and i think that's actually rightfully so because i don't think any version of heaven should be defined i I think also the definition of hell should remain loose you know to be eternal suffering okay what does that mean to you like what because people have different kinks i'm just saying but the point being they talk about becoming one with the force essentially that is just how some people talk about when they're dying they become part of a collective part of like you kind of realize you're everything and nothing at the same time like we're all different but we're all the same isn't it kind of supposed to be like a i mean i'm not an expert on these religions but like a buddhist hindu kind of thing where like when you die like your energy or like the essence of your soul kind of goes back into like this collectiveness yeah. That kind of feeds itself back and like rotates through the universe. Yeah. Isn't it like that? That's like, kind very of idea? much what it so. is. And it's almost like you're kind of melting into like the ocean is, yeah. is the way I look at it. But the thing is with Force Ghosts is that imagine everyone's 
drowning in that ocean, force ghosts learn how to swim. Yeah. Good way to look at it is that they're able to kind of come out of it and realize that they have a self and like manifest in the real world and that's because in this world someone's life force energy is like a real thing it's measurable i mean metachlorians kind of prove that actually wow in retrospect that actually kind of makes sense that they would explain it like that maybe sh everyone shouldn't be that mad hot take metachlorians aren't a bad idea yeah it's just the way they explained it was kind of stupid it's it's weird but like it makes some sense yeah if you don't really think too much about it yeah i don't think it's awful yeah. <laughs> I, think, I do think you see a little like the fingerprints of like western culture onto that though the idea of like eastern religions of like and once like you alex not an expert or anything but like returning to this holistic force energy whatever and then it's like nah but we're americans so you get to be, be an special. individual and you get to be part of the collective yeah you're special different. Yeah. <laughs> special different same. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I do think, regardless what you believe, I think the idea of like, I think it's described at the end of The Good Place as like, it's a wave returning to the ocean, or mm. you kind of said something like that. I think that's a very beautiful idea. I think uh, very similarly, if I could reference another piece of media that made me cry, honestly, with its depiction was uh, was Midnight Mass. Yeah, yeah. You know, when, when she's kind of saying at the end, like, you know, I felt my, my daughter there and I felt everyone there and like I was a grain of sand on the beach, but I realized we were all a beach and mm -hmm. that's what we are talking about when we talk about God. I'm not kidding you, man. Hmm. I was ugly crying in my house like just like oh my god that's exactly how i feel and like ah that's that's how i that's how i want to be that's how i want to perceive things when i die you know just like that i'm okay yeah that everything's okay that everything's at peace what's coming hasn't happened yet what happened before happened like you can't change it you're mm -hmm. just here forever present like that's fantastic to me mm. qui-gon jen does talk about the nether realm of the fourth nether the, realm the fourth, studios yeah another mm, uh, the netherlands yeah <laughs> i literally was writing this down in my notes and being like <laughs> caleb will bring up mortal Kombat." of course i will <laughs> <laughs> as far as i understand this is essentially the equivalent of heaven um people have described it as like somewhere where they feel no pain where they you know know all is well and things like that i imagine that just jedi are able to navigate that they're they're more informed about its properties than other people but that's kind of the end of the heaven thing the only things i did want to mention were um just kind of various things that i found various godlike figures in the star wars universe the first one is celestials which i would liken them to the forerunners in halo they're these very ingenuitive kind of like the celestials in marvel comics and the forerunners in halo where they can physically like interact and build and innovate and do stuff like that um they were the dominant species at one point i don't really know much else about them yeah and there's a lot of mythological ties to that this idea of like a golden age that then died off and i think you could maybe tie that into like the idea of a celestial society as like this kind of golden age where like there's more connection and the understanding was closer to the divine and then that kind of died off yeah norse mythology as well i feel like has kind of that cataclysm oh, and to it, well it. and it's like it's like tolkien where yeah, like very the fair. elves used to live in valinor with the gods and then you know they set sail for middle earth you guys will also be reminded of everyone's favorite episode of the clone wars with the force planet yeah that's um, who i thought of when you said celestial at first and then i was hoping you uh, meant something else and then you did so that was so, good so, these, uh, <laughs> so now we gotta talk about so this. it all worked out we can go home right so real quick <laughs> yeah, what yeah, is, yeah, hang no. on real quick no we don't have to talk about these guys let's just pack it up and go <laughs> no real quick i have to ask because like it's been a minute since i've seen it but i don't hate this episode i think certain things in the episodes are fine i just think it's stupid that the light side and the dark side have physical manifestations and they both have a dad really <laughs> oh i just hate that because like it's just I feel is like, it this the concept that that kind of yeah it's mostly the concept because like i really like the original concept of the force where it is just that very like eastern religion thing of like just everything's kind of like its own like force nature like we've been talking about and i feel like when you add like a deity to that it kind of messes with it a little bit yeah. i don't know it feels like instead of of just like the force being like this accessible thing it feels like oh no it's actually like a real thing of this light versus this dark but then the the overall thing is like oh neither of them like truly have any advantage over the other 
It's just weird. I don't know. For me, it's it's a mix of like, I like the idea of people have conceptualized the forces personifications. Mm-hmm. I think it's more interesting to leave it vague. So yeah. like if that was a myth, I'd be f- it within yeah. the world of Star Wars. I'd okay. be fine. If that was a story that I heard someone talk about, yeah. like some like kid on like a filler episode while they talked to him, like I think that would be great. But the thing that I really think sinks that episode is that regardless of the planet and the family and all that stuff, uh, it's just a bad story. Uh, it's not well written and it's uninteresting. It's a bad three episodes. That <laughs> oh yeah, it's an arc. It's not a. I it's not it a all, one-off yeah. filler you can kind of just ignore. But obviously, it's Steven, three like, whole episodes. But obviously, like <laughs> you get some meaning out of it. So like what what you enjoy? Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to like tank that. I just Dude, no, <laughs> I get fine. triggered when look, I think about fine. them. <laughs> in, in, look, I always say this in in the same way. I will say that if you like something, I don't. I'm jealous because I I want to like everything. If you guys don't like something, I like. That's fine. You guys have reasons. I just don't like it when people are like, "Oh, like that." Why I don't? And it's like, well, you got to think a little bit harder about your answer. Well, um, that's good because I've been meaning to tell you all for a while that I don't like Star Wars. I think it's kind of dumb. Oh, that's fair. Is that why I came <laughs> over and built Legos with you? Is that why? Yeah. Okay, Legos, yeah. Legos are cool. Oh, I this. The only one that they had in the returns pile. I, oh. I will say real quick, one of my favorite discussions we've ever had about Star Wars, specifically off this podcast, was when uh, you, me, Sarah, and Kirsten were watching rogue one and we just kept talking about like let's just take a step back how <laughs> stupid is star wars <laughs> everything it's like the bad guy wears black power armor and his mouth is a triangle and he has a cape that he constantly has to push out of the way that's yeah. a, that's it's such, like serves no that's purpose stupid. besides looking cool it's like he's like the coolest villain in movie history but also he looks kind of stupid if you really just take a step back there are like <laughs> levels there are like levels to this where like as a kid you just fully accept everything and then you can start nitpicking and stuff and for a lot of people i think that's when their their journey of criticism ends which Whatever you do, you there's a lot of other things to do in the world that is fair. But then you can get to the next step where it's like you try to justify everything. And then I think the step above that is acceptance again. But mm-hmm. the stupider things are, the better. <laughs> and that's where uh, I am. Yeah. Here's the thing. I have I have gone through all of that. I have gone through the nerd's journey. And yeah, I am yeah. a, a and, very big fan of the things that are stupid. And to be honest. Unless it's, it's the trio it, of the force. I don't even think it's stupid because... I guess silly. Uh, no, no, no. Silly is Stop. more accurate. No, no, no. Sorry, go ahead. Entertaining <laughs> is the word we're looking for. Yeah. Because there are things that are entertaining that are cheesy and stupid that we all love. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you can't explain why you genuinely love it. It's because it elicits a feeling. That's well, why. And it's this thing where it's like, when you're telling stories that are like far out from our own experiences, they're kind of automatically has to be a point where it's like, this doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense why you're a green swamp Muppet, right? Right. But eventually, if you're telling a good story, like the artistry there is that you overcome that. That's my thing with the 60s Batman show. Everything in that show is so goofy and campy. But, but it man, all fits. They worked to get it there. It all fits <laughs> in that show, though. Yeah. It's perfect. It, it's not like, listen, if they had a budget for the scene where they climb up the side of the building, but it's just the thing turned sideways. sideways. Yeah. If they had a budget for that, it wouldn't work. Yeah. But they do that. And then it's like, oh, what can we do to make up for this? Oh, let's just have someone cameo every week. Hey, look, it's Phyllis Diller. Like, just hello. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> so speaking of things uh, that are so silly that I love them, this is something we even got today with Star Wars, as a matter of fact. Only slight, slight spoiler for Tales of the Jedi. I will not, it's no plot point oh, or wait, anything. Are all six episodes out today? Yeah, yeah. Came oh, out today. I'm I watched so, all of them today. I forgot so to bring that excited. up. But, uh, Yaddle is in, a, in an episode, and she talks perfectly normally. It's Prince <laughs> Dallas Howard doing Yaddle. Yeah, I, no, I but I mean, that. like, you know, Yoda, like, speaks backwards and stuff like that. No, she talks perfectly normal. And so that means Yoda is just weird. <laughs> <laughs> Took too much DMT. And so now I'm just like, that's amazing. Why does Yoda? I mean, like, realistically, it's like, okay, it depends on what environment. They well, can yeah, yeah. Realistically, <laughs> but also, like, it's nah. funny that one of them just speaks weird. <laughs> one, of them, one of them grew up on Coruscant. One of them grew up on Yoda World. Which yeah, I whatever Yoda is just, World is. I assume it's we just, still don't know. <laughs> it's a planet with Yoda years. That's why I'm assuming. Oh, yeah. The, it's like Ego, the living the planet. The atmosphere with- sticks off the side. Yeah. 
I don't know. I feel like Yoda might have just come from years of hard drug use. That's my canon. I'm just going to be real. So, by the way, what do you like about the trio episode? I mean... <laughs> Yeah, that's what we were talking about. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 you're right. You're right. Here's the thing. I like the episode purely because, like, it's still wrapped in enough mystery for me that it doesn't necessarily remove all the mystery around the Force. I think, for for me, I like the personifications and the fact that these are gods that can kind of be in the world. I think what's interesting about Star Wars is that it feels like everything, including the afterlife, is within this universe. Um, Like, it's, it's all very tangible to one another so i i don't mind that idea of there being representations of the dark and the light and the balance and then you know you get abolith which i imagine is canon she showed up in solo for a second they, they said it was abolith I'm, they said it <laughs> that would make it canon yeah i look at it like you get some cool explanations you also get justification as to why anakin is the chosen one given his abilities i also really like the fact that it kind of indulges in like star wars what if for a second yeah it's like mm-hmm. anakin knows he's gonna become vader for a minute and then like he just breaks down and has all of this grief it's kind of like in the vader comics they do things where um where you get to see like him see a potential future of if he would have done something differently i like that that i'm able to kind of indulge in star wars what if for a little bit it's it's just a fun three episodes to me i don't take it too seriously i just i enjoy it so uh other than that we have the wills of the force which essentially yes. as far as i understand are like just priestesses they have the knowledge of how to become a force god uh sorry not a force god a force ghost <laughs> sorry yeah, yeah. Mm. there are also references to force shamans this was supposed to be apparently in revenge of the sith george lucas originally wrote a scene, never filmed it, of Qui-Gon Jinn telling Yoda how to become a Force ghost, telling him that he met with the Shaman of the Wills. As far as I understand, these are just beings with an intense knowledge of the Force and have knowledge of how to manipulate certain things. I kind of I kind of look at it like um you know how some people will go to like the Himalayas to go like see the monks yeah, and like yeah. learn, you know, enlightenment almost. I view it like that. I was going like it's kind of druidic. A little like, bit, yeah, very very well, actually very druidic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's like this parallel path that's like just disconnected from society enough that they unlocked other knowledge and stuff. Right. I find that you're like they could be levitating. We don't know. That'd be interesting. I also did want to mention they do mention angels in phantom menace like very briefly when anakin says are you an angel i think that's a i think that's like a hell thing there's probably a mythology that has an equivalent to angels so when they're conveying it to the audience the easiest thing to say is angels he brings up like an explanation for it yeah, though he right says he's like, like like the angels of yeah like the angels of some star system like mermaids yeah oh. okay, the, like mermaids and i'm like oh that's interesting that they even reference something like that they live on the moons of diego i think I think we've touched on the Force in a lot of different ways, but do you, Alex, do you want to talk about like Lucas's real world inspirations oh, on that? I actually, I, I should have brought this up earlier. I just missed the opportunity to, but uh, when you were talking about, uh, and I might get you to clarify because it's been a few minutes, but mm-hmm. what, what exactly was it you were saying earlier with like how there's kind of this like singular energy almost? Yeah. Forgive I, me. I completely forget what <laughs> I kind of forget no, what no, it was, I, I but was, also was, like I know how to connect this to that. I was just kind of <laughs> saying that like if you're an individual but you're part of a whole at the same time, that like everything is oh, okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. there's peace. It's funny you you say all this because one of the interviews I watched with him, uh, I think he was talking to, like Charlie Rose or someone, but he was talking about like the force and how he came up with the idea. And he talked about like when he was a kid and he was kind of searching for those answers and how a big influence on uh, what defined the force for him and what he would make for it was he kind of like assessed a lot of religions, you know, religions of the modern day and religions dating back to like prehistoric times or what, not prehistoric, but like times where they would like worship like rocks and like objects and stuff like primitive this. Primitive religion. It was like a big part of, yeah, primitive religions. And he was like a big part of this was kind of just they're all kind of worshiping kind of the same thing. They're just calling it different aspects. And I feel like that's, they're just calling it something else. And I think that that was just like very connected with what you were saying. Cause I think that like, I don't know, it, it, it it's interesting that like a lot of what you were saying actually like lined up with the force. Well, <laughs> I was it, like, Oh, that's cool. You know, it, it, I mean, that's kind of how I've believed for a long time. I just didn't really know how to explain it for a while because my whole thing is just that ultimately no one knows. Yeah. And so like, 
the idea of feeling peace for me mm. is 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 very appealing and and being able to to say that like yeah like you know you are just part of a collective yeah that you know we are just all atoms making up a big body called the universe i like that yeah so it, it was something like that yeah, yeah and I, I like <laughs> i like you know it, it's funny too when you talk about george lucas kind of getting into these things i make fun of him all the time on the show but i'll say this the guy was a really cool idea guy yeah yeah he had great a, idea guy like fantastic visionary for this franchise and i think that's why we can even have an episode about religion in a franchise yeah yeah you mm. know no one's going what's the religion of the marvel cinematic universe and no one cares like it's fine <laughs> like, oh yeah because religions come up like twice and all of the mcu right exactly <laughs> i like that idea especially because so much of like how i view religion as a whole is you know broader than like western religion or eastern religion or whatever that is like how it's developed in this idea of like you slowly start to personify things more so first you you worship the river then you worship the god who is the river then you worship the god who created the river and kind oh, of yeah. this like abstraction that we have in the beginning that we try to solidify as we the progression is never like a straight line, but we are in time now where it's like we find beauty within objects without necessarily attributing a spiritual force to them. Or at least mm. some people do. When I see a beautiful river, I'm like, thanks for making this river. But, you know, that's a separate thing. But I think it, it's interesting that Lucas was thinking about all those different iterations and trying to unite them in a narrative kind of thing. Yeah. And it reflects Joseph Campbell, who he took a lot of inspiration from yeah now campbell i will go on record i love here with a thousand faces i think he's very myopic in his view i don't think he succeeded in uniting all mythology into one story from what i've read of that book i would agree with you yeah <laughs> but i do think i do think it is this interesting practice of like drawing on all these stuff and trying to unite it in a way that really we can only do through narrative wow i i do love that you do say that we can only accomplish that through narrative is that we kind of learn the truth i like that i uh the way i view it is just all of it's part of the venn diagram they're all touching each other a little bit but there are definitely those outer rims where it's like but only this one believes in this yeah but only mm. this one is about this you know like this is exclusive to this and maybe two others i definitely think it's if anything his goal in that book and i think anyone's goal in trying to get everything down to a single version is just to say like well it connects so much you know, not necessarily perfectly. As we kind of move into more real world religions and we go into it, you know, growing up, Southern Baptist, yeehaw, uh, <laughs> you know, me and Alex met on a church. We didn't meet on a church field trip. We met at church. We started hanging out and talking about Star Wars on a church field trip. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. He's cute. Bonding uh, over trauma and Star Wars. Others. Uh, Less trauma back then, I think. Less trauma. The trauma was the events of happening. That, <laughs> the events of back then have since become trauma, but <laughs> it um, was not trauma back then. See Madagascar with you was traumatic. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> Becoming your friend was traumatic. Geez. Honestly, though. Um, <laughs> so, like growing up there you get a lot of what children's pastors and youth pastors love to do. They love to bring anything pop culture and like somehow tie mm. it in. When I, when I typed into YouTube Star Wars and religion, the amount of like really awful sermons. Yeah. <laughs> that oh showed yeah, up. dude. I had to navigate through that. Today. I was like, I know not a single one of them has the media literacy to mm. understand Star Wars. My absolute <laughs> favorite ver It's not related to Star Wars. It's related to Marvel, but the pastor at a church I was attending wanted to talk about how, you know we christians have like this special thing that's unique to us but we need to go out and share it in the world much like the black panther has to share his vibranium and so he has to what? leave he has to leave <laughs> wukandu and he kept saying <laughs> wakandu and eventually he came up to me afterwards he's like so caleb what'd you think of that sermon illustration i go uh, i'll be honest man it's pronounced wakanda and he's like why didn't you correct me i'm like you were in the middle of a sermon my dude <laughs> who the hell is, is this gonna yes and you <laughs> Is this who I think it is? It's like, yeah. it's exactly, it's like Wakundu. <laughs> and then you say, actually, it's Wakanda. I have so many yeah, similar no, that, stories to that with this guy. Yeah. <laughs> he was, he, he's a nice guy. But um, I so like growing up, I definitely either because I was trying to tie the thing I loved into a thing that was important to me um, or because, you know, religion just shaped how I saw so many stories. I definitely saw a lot of connecting threads with real world religion. This idea of 
well, can Anakin really be redeemed at the end and become a force ghost? I'm like, of course he can, because redemption is not by acts alone, it's by faith alone. He had faith at the end, and so he became, you know, that kind oh of thing. Oh my god. Solo fide. <laughs> One of the videos that popped up in my timeline See, that, was that, like, is Anakin Jesus? And no. <laughs> it's like if Jesus Him went theoretically bad. coming back to life at the end. You could maybe draw a parallel there, but that doesn't change the fact that he was space Hitler. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is Palpatine Jesus? He came back. No, but uh, one of the, one of the videos I did actually watch was "Is Palpatine Satan?" Uh. Kind of? Which there's more, yeah, there's definitely more parallels there, yeah. but also like, yeah. Well, and that's the other thing is this idea of defeating death and like the Sith's goal is to constantly preserve life. Right. And the Jedi's goal is to accept their death mm. um, and become more through that. And in a lot of ways, that is what New Testament theology is. It's like dying to the self. It's understanding that the world is a transitory place and that if you accept your death, then you can overcome it into this like next stage of being mm. you know apostle paul and thousands of years of translators came up with more precise ways of saying that but Caleb, like, I, i'm just glad we have you on this podcast because i'm sitting here like dude i don't even know half of what he's referencing because <laughs> i i have not been in any organized religion whatsoever my whole life <laughs> and i am still in organized religion and we talked about this a little last time yep <laughs> to how i how i relate to star wars now I still love the idea of accepting death. I think that's an important thing that all people have to like kind of face at a certain point. They have to face their mortality. And for me, I've always had religion to fall back on. And it's it's become a lot more complicated now as I've deconstructed certain parts of my faith and stuff. But as someone who is now, I'd say, pretty successfully deconstructed away from evangelicalism and is now suspicious of uh suspicious <laughs> of church structures and stuff as you mm. rightfully um, should be yeah but still finding like that's healthy yeah, yeah. Oh, i agree <laughs> that's called just being a, a reasonable human being yeah i still find comfort in in christianity in faith and i go to church every sunday at my wonderful tiny queer affirming church uh that i've <laughs> that i found and like i do find comfort in being with those people and talking with them, discussing life and religion, much like we kind of do here. And with them, like the specific rituals of like following the liturgy and communion and stuff. And so that's why in the last episode, I talked about how I relate to Yoda and I've always loved Yoda. So like part of this is probably my subconscious just finding things to like about him. But like this idea of he was very ingrained in a structure that failed, that led to extreme consequences that led to some like great harm being done throughout the galaxy. And he had to kind of exile himself and reform how he thinks of that. And I think the way you see him at the end of Revenge of the Sith, and then the way you see him and Empire Strikes Back, you can tell this is someone who has completely deconstructed and then reconstructed their view of faith while still keeping the core of it. I want to correct something you said real quick. Yeah, yeah go for you it. You said that you were trying to find things to like about him. I disagree with that. I think that what you're doing is when you find something about a character that you connect with, you are looking deeper. I don't think you're trying to find things about him that you like. I think that's a very educated and thought out examination of, of Yoda and where he's at, especially because like for someone who's been through the things he's been through, he should not be as chill as he is. Oh yeah. <laughs> like uh -huh. like at all when you meet him in Empire. But well, he's, he's just he's had that Dagobah kush though. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's my head cannon once again. It's the big cannon. <laughs> Hashtag big cannon. Yoda uses DMT. Anyway, <laughs> but the point being is just like what what you talked about right there is I think ultimately what you're saying is just don't be afraid to question. Yeah. Don't yeah. be afraid to look at a structure or a system that's been in your life for so long, no matter what its source is, and rethink it to go outside of it. Growing up, I was very lucky to have a dad who was one very informed. Like he has a doctorate in church education. He's, he's very knowledgeable about theology. The second thing though, is that he was always willing to like, let me question things. And growing up in the church, you're encouraged to question things if you have the right questions and if you come to the right answers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
That's what I faced at church. What I faced at home, though, was much different, where it was a respect for the conclusions I came to, or more often for the process of coming to conclusions, because I something I've tried to embrace in my life is not knowing things. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the uh, Indigo Girls song, the less I seek definitives, the closer I am to find. That's a practice I try to keep up. But I definitely think you get deeper and you learn more, the more you're willing to like answer tough questions. And that's just something that a lot of people are afraid to do because they're afraid that if you do that, then that means they have to, or they have power and they don't want to give that power up. Mm -hmm. I also think that ultimately what you're doing is living up to the fact that it is up to interpretation. And when you respect that, you allow everyone to have their own point of view and you allow everyone to kind of engage in the conversation not necessarily all chant to the same song. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's that's a I'm really glad you had that experience because honestly, if I came from an environment that really tried to force me to believe in things and f- like forced me to be in a certain mindset, my parents like never forced religion on me. I have some other thoughts about that. But the point being is just like they never tried to do that. So I yeah. never grew up with something concrete. So when I come to my own conclusions, it's kind of like, well, yeah, what else was I supposed to do? <laughs> like, mm. I fended for myself out here, and this and eh, just kind of just the way I think about it. But had I gone through what you had gone through, I feel like I actually would be more enticed to be religious. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. I did not know that. Thank you. I like talking about this stuff. It's so. great. <laughs> To end our talk, our talk of religion, this very heavy and interesting and deep conversation with many bits in the beginning and then very less bits as we go on. <laughs> There's um, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> At a point it goes, but. But see, <laughs> we, always have, we always have Wakandu. We always. Wakandu. <laughs> and the real treasure was the Wakundu we made along the way. <laughs> the first piece of uh, research I kind of found on religion in Star Wars, on faith in Star Wars, was actually something of phenomena that kind of happened. I believe it's legends, but it's canon in my mind. So there was this Imperial general, and this can be found in the book, The Essential Guide to Star Wars. I'm going to do a very quick summary version of what happens in the mm-hmm. first few pages, but essentially it's a it's a recount by this one Imperial general who was at the Battle of Endor, and he stayed there very, very long after even the Death Star, like, blew up he was just trying and trying and trying and as he essentially got ripped out of his spaceship and is sitting there floating in the void of space and then all of a sudden he can see nothing but he can still feel and think and is conscious but simultaneously he also can know what the past is in its totality he knows what the present is in its totality. He knows that the emperor is dead in that moment. He knows everything that's happening politically in that moment, and he sees the future as well. He sees these beings that he describes as smaller than atoms but more vast than nebulas that are creating galaxies as if they're children's toys. And he does eventually get picked up, and he does eventually like heal from his wounds and he's tried by the new republic but he says to them if you could only have seen what i saw in the future he has predictions of certain regimes he has visions of kashik burning and he says something along the lines of wouldn't you like to know what i've seen that is never explained it is never expanded on all we know is that something reached out in that moment and showed him something it could be the force it could be anything else but much like religion in real life star wars and the franchise in general is still though the force is quote-unquote the correct answer there's still things that we don't know and i think that's really interesting that they've still left gaps in there and i wanted to share that at the very end i thought that was interesting yeah no i appreciate that it's a good way to end what will probably become my favorite episode of the podcast. Yeah, so. a good one. <laughs> this and the Lost Droids episode, which we will revisit at some point. Yeah. 2023 is going to be a busy year, baby. I'm just becoming more and more radicalized as a droid abolitionist each <laughs> each episode we do. <laughs> um, oh, my God. Someone please Photoshop IG-88, but the Uncle Sam poster. 
I want you. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why that's my IG-88 voice. That's not why he sounds like. I want you. <laughs> I want you. Do, do, do. I want you so bad. <laughs> hey. hey, my friends, my dear compatriots, my brothers in arms, my brothers in Christ. I was just if about to say brothers in Christ. <laughs> my brother in Christ. My brothers in Christ. <laughs> um, we're, uh, where can we find you? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at underscore Alex Bryson or on twitch.tv slash ST3PHE underscore. And you can find me at Steven Weeben. That is S-T-E-E-B-E-N-W-E-E-B-E-N. And you can find me on YouTube at Steven spelled just like that. And I am Caleb. You can find me at Caleb from the real world on Instagram and YouTube. From there, you can find my litany of other podcasts, Hot Trash Unlimited, The Snub Club, and All New 52. God, rattling that off like the Infinity Gauntlet. Good on you, man. 2023, hopefully it will be a shorter list briefly and then a longer list because <laughs> I have ideas. <laughs> he points at each of the stones in his knuckles and just names off a different podcast. <laughs> but regardless of Snaps what stones... Fingers, they all release an episode. <laughs> <laughs> but regardless of what, in, what cosmic stones you hold, we'll be back next time to discuss Star Wars and, and life. life.